Welcome back to another episode of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. I'm excited that you're here because today we're going to be talking about a topic on how to leverage your brokerage to create additional revenue streams. And I've got somebody all the way from Atlanta, Georgia with First Class Real Estate, Charles Benton, that's going to be joining us. So stick around as we cue up the music and get this thing going. Welcome to the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast, where we have real, raw conversations with industry leaders, finding out how to connect, support, lead, and ultimately make an impact and drive results in the lives of your agents. I'm your host, Nathan Daniel, and welcome to the show. All right. Welcome to the show. Charles Benton with First Class Real Estate, man. Welcome. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here. Um, so to kick everything off, so everybody knows uh, so who you are, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Like you mentioned, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, First Class Real Estate, I've been in the industry for 15 years, kind of started in 2006. Uh, I like to joke around because I was in the Navy for six years on a submarine and uh, got off the submarine, walked off, and a month later, I was showing houses. So it just stuck. So, uh, but been here, been in uh, Dallas for a while, doing real estate in, in Atlanta and um, over the past couple of years, we've expanded and uh, first class is a franchise. So I've, I've kind of got into the franchising side of it, but uh, it's, it's been a run and, and real estate is, is always, it's always fun. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, we, we were having a, a little bit of a conversation uh, beforehand and uh, I love that, right? Like the, the fact that you went from sub and I, I just wrote this down from a submarine to selling in less than a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So for, first off, thank you for your service. I appreciate that. I know that's a, uh, I'm sure a very stressful uh, position to be in, in a submarine, but uh, thank you for your service. Greatly yeah, appreciate no that. Appreciate it. So, um, so let's jump into the topic of the day and, and let's talk about how to leverage your brokerage and create additional revenue streams. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something over the past year, year and a half, I've really started focusing on as I've, I've grown my brokerage to more agent count transaction uh, as an agent, uh, when I even when I had a team, I was always doing marketing agreements with lenders, title company, and uh, I just noticed they were always more benefiting me. You know, a buyer's agent stuff really never got to reap the rewards of it. And as I was growing agent count and kind of got out of production, you know, that still had those marketing agreements in place. And I was like, man, you know, how cool would it be if I can give even a brand new agent a marketing agreement? to go and, and use that for, you know, marketing, just, just overall cost of it, but by feeding business. So that's when I kind of started getting into the JVs of the mortgage and title to be able to do that. And at first I was kind of selling shares to agents. And then after that, I was like, you know what, this still isn't really helping them as much as, as giving them marketing money. So I've kind of transitioned into that and it's a, a great recruiting tool. Um, and then and B, it really does help the agents and, it drives production to to both revenue streams. So I've kind of been big on on opening up and all these my franchises, these additional revenue streams for brokers and to really profit and also make the agents profit. You know, kind of okay. a win win. All right, so let's let's break this down. Let's first and foremost, you've established uh, you've, you've established your brokerage. So if anybody listening right now is at that position, um, you're looking to add additional revenue. We're talking about how now you're you're focused on mortgage and title as primarily those two ancillary businesses right now, right? Yep. Right. Okay. So so take me to the very beginning steps. If I'm somebody who's like, I, I kind of want to be interested in this, 
How are you doing this differently? Because you said you're you're working it to get your agent's profit. Exactly. So uh, again, what kind of went back to the whole marketing agreement where that really propelled my business once I was able to give a lender enough transactions where it was, but it was, it wasn't easy to get these market agreements. You know, they're stingy and you know, they don't want to get into these contracts with you. And, and as I was doing that um, and we were growing and I got a production, those market agreements didn't make as much sense. So then I started looking around, okay, how can I leverage a, our agents transactions to, to grow in a, a whole nother pretty much business is what they are. Uh, and make them profitable. And that's when I started just looking around and, and got into the JV uh, industry. And I went to the lenders that I was getting marketing agreements with them. And it was, nope, sorry, we're not doing that. You got to be doing X amounts. It was just as difficult. So uh, I was like, okay, well, what about going to the like the mortgage brokerage side of it? And yes, it turn, it turns into a little bit more of a P&L and you really got to run it like a true business. But um it was a lot easier than what I thought, uh, especially if you have the, the transaction count. And if a broker is still producing, it's definitely profitable. Uh, but even when you get out of production by giving these, these market agreements. So for example, if an agent does, does a two deals with, with our mortgage, after that, they will continue to get monthly marketing agreements to use for leads, uh, you know, listings, maybe photography, whatever it is. Uh, and what that does made it really drives drives them to push to that to continue to get that income. Okay, so an agent closes, and that um, I'm going to go back here in a second. But an agent closes those two deals. Now they have some revenue coming back from the mortgage company to provide whatever kind of marketing services that they choose. Is that what you're saying? Exactly right, and it's it's continuous, not just hey, great job for those deals. It is an ongoing to continue that partnership. Okay. Um, it, it's not just like a one and done, which RESPA laws don't really allow that anyway, but that's how you can do them. Um, yeah. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> very careful. You can't do it. Same with title. You can't do pay, paper transaction. So yeah. that's how we'll set it up with them. And it's just an ongoing. And as they grow, the mortgage and title will grow with them. Um, so it's, it's really up to, to how much they want to utilize that. Okay. Uh, Cause if you're a new agent, you're doing two deals a month. You're not going to be able to go get a marketing agreement. No yeah. lender, they're not going to mess with you. And this way we do. Okay. And it's it's retention wise is out of control too. Yeah. Well, and that's, that was, okay. So you mentioned it. It's, I'm going to say RESPA, right? Like that immediately pops to my head because I know several years ago, like that was the thing, like joint ventures and marketing agreements and all these things, like they were under a microscope. Mm -hmm. um, can, can we talk a little bit about that and, and you know, how y'all, how y'all have worked through that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, being that it, it is ownership of the brokerage, it's obviously disclosed to buyers, sellers, everybody. Uh, but then when it comes to the agent side of it, that marketing agreement has to be for at least three months. So if, if they do a bill and, and uh, sign it, we set them up on it, you know, they'll have that for three months. If it goes, it just renews. And then if, it, if they, they leave or whatever, we still have to honor it okay. as far as that goes, unless we give a 30 day dose. So there are guidelines to this. It's not that we created like how the, the marketing agreement is. All we really did is we created the mortgage company that can provide the marketing agreements now that the brokerage owns and, okay. can, and can trickle it down. All right. So then the brokerage is the one actually starting the mortgage company. Well, no, I am. Oh, you so, are. So okay. I'll start it. It's, it's really, I call this kind of the hedgehog effect. I don't know if you guys read the book, Good to Great, 
the brokerage feeds the mortgage title, the agent count. So the brokerage is kind of a standalone, but these other uh, businesses will feed off of it. So the, the mortgage is a completely different entity. You okay. know, and that's why you, know, you could sell shares if you wanted to. You could do whatever you want with it. Um, but it does, you know, it, it needs the, the agents and the transactions to really make that steam engine go. Um, so they are separate, complete entities. All right. So uh, what I just heard you say was the hub has to be in place, which yes. is the brokerage. And it's got to be producing. It's got to get transactions. And at, at a certain point, when did you go, OK, we're doing enough transactions where it makes sense to open the mortgage company? And that's a great question. And it, it took me a while to kind of figure that out myself is once you kind of you can kind of max out on marketing agreements. You know, one lender might only go up to 10 grand, let's say. And so by having that, if you have a, an 80 agent brokerage, sure, that's great. But the broker just gets to profit all that from, from the agents. The, the second thing is once I kind of stepped out of production and could really see the whole business in a whole, that's when I knew. So I would say once we got to about 60 agents uh, and we were we were doing probably about 30 to 40 transactions a month, that it, it started to make sense. Um, okay. And you kind of maxed out on those marketing agreements. Okay. So uh, while we're sticking on mortgage, um, if, if I'm a broker and I'm like, wow, where do I even begin with this? Where would I, where would I start? Like what's the first step that I would take to, to begin the process of becoming a mortgage company? Yeah, it, it, it is tough. You got to do some research to see what kind of model, because there's two different types of JVs really. There's more of a hands-off one where you'll partner, let's say a, a movement mortgage the uh, caliber, something like the bigger name, and they'll handle everything. Uh, then you'll have like a more of a brokerage setup where you'll go and get the you know wholesale accounts. You might have six or seven lenders you can push deals to or whatnot. Then you'll set that up as just like a regular mortgage brokerage. You just got an LO, got the licensing, um, and do it that way. So it really depends on how much a broker wants to be involved. Obviously. The more you're involved with that side, the more lucrative it is than going and kind of having more of a turnkey JV is what I call it. Uh, but it just depends on where that broker is and, and how much how much they want to put into it. Um, okay. I've always enjoyed mortgage, even when when Trig and all that came out, you know, way back then. I went and got my mortgage license just to to learn it all. Like, man, this these laws are crazy. So uh, I've always had a, had a thing for mortgage and and I've done both different types of JVs um, and, and really got to see the ins and outs of them. And it's just kind of really up to that broker, but to get started, you, you got to find the companies that, that do it. And, and th there's quite a few. Um, it's just how they're set up. Okay. So research, do your research is yep. what I'm hearing you say research mm -hmm. the different companies that are out there that you could potentially go into business with. And then as far as um, you know, key staff, like if you, if I were to start and like, okay, I've got the model, I figured this out. Like in, if you had to do it again, who would be the first couple of hires that you would make? And see, and this is what's a misconception is, you know, mortgage, we're thinking about mortgage company. Oh my gosh, you got to have processors, underwriters, all this. Think about when you start a brokerage and it's just you, right? Okay, you go get an admin, right? Then maybe some buyer's agents. You, you build that up. That's the same with it. You know, first what we did is we went and found a loan officer that, mm -hmm. that we fit in well with our agents and did that. Then we built it up. Then we got our loan officer assistant that are still processed. Then once you hit a certain volume, then you get an in-house processor, which would be like a transaction coordinator, let's say. 
it literally runs the exact same model as a brokerage. So what I was saying that brokerage is your main piece because that's how you can run both of those, that exact same model. You don't have to have a, a certain way to do it, you know, because LOs can process their own loans. So you don't have to go and really hire a transaction coordinator yet. You can wait. Um, yeah. And then when you send, send it to the lender, they're doing underwriting. You're just clearing up conditions and stuff. So a lot of people are like, man, how did you know where to begin? Well, I, I did it like my brokerage, really. I just ran it the same way when I started. Awesome. Okay. And then um, second piece is putting that marketing agreement in place between the agents that are doing the transactions, doing your research, figuring out what that model is going to look like. And I'm sure you had an attorney draft something up for yeah. that, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Very good. Any any other advice or anything like that that you would share with anybody that's wanting to take this adventure on the mortgage side? Yeah, it, it's, it's really got to be all in. That's the only thing with it. If you decide to do this, it's not like a marketing agreement where you could all right, Linder, I'm done with you guys. Y'all made me mad. I'm out. Mm -hmm. um, and you really have to make sure that your agents are happy because th if they're not happy with it, oh, your, your whole concept can, can go down in flames um, because this is like a true business. You know, you got clients that get ticked off of your brokerage, you know, bad reviews, whatnot. So it's like that. But if someone's really wanting to get into this and it, it's a big picture, right? You know, you got to really want to grow your brokerage so, you know, those fundamentals, and I know we were talking before, you were like, hey, what are four things that you would tell an agent? And I said, well, I'd tell them this monthly, pay attention to how many recruits you're bringing on, your agent count, how many new listings you're bringing in. You know, when I say you, the brokers is bringing in, how many under contracts, how many closings. If you watch those four key matrix, the, the mortgage will make sense. You, you're going to be able to project that and then kind of know how many transactions you're putting in there and and the profit is is way more than um, marketing agreements can ever be. Yeah. And so that's what you got to got to consider. You're running another business. Is it just like, cool, let's try this. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, so do your research, uh, you know, explore the different models. Uh, if you're going to be doing marketing agreements, get with an attorney, make sure they draft all that stuff up and then duplicate your, your process that you started with your brokerage. Right. And so exactly. now you're opening the mortgage brokerage and starting a new team, basically. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you're just joining us and you're just tuning in, we're talking to Charles Benton with First Class Real Estate, and we're talking about how to leverage uh, your brokerage to create additional revenue streams. And uh, specifically, we just finished talking about mortgage. And so I want to transition a little bit because you're also moving into title as well, correct? Yeah. And now you're in title in, in two different states, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And you've got um, now multiple locations. One state is attorney driven, right? And, and the other state is not right. So you're kind of in both, both arenas. It, 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 it is, it's way more difficult with the attorney states. Yeah. Obviously you probably know that too, but uh, it, it's, it's very similar to the concept. It's just way more regulated um, as far as, you know, especially going state cross state lines with stuff. Uh, but when you do kind of more of a JV with the title though, there's so much more on the backside that, that, that partnership, they're going to do so much more, you know, where in essence, you're just bringing the business and they're almost doing everything. Um, so it's a little bit different than, than the mortgage side of it. But, you know, the, the, the key to it as well is really driving that production with those agents. And, and then we still utilize the same concept, though, with the marketing agreements on that. Um, but you can be just a little bit more flexible, um, 
because you're not having to do as much work. I mean, a lot of brokerages will go do a title JV first because it's easier. Yeah. You don't do as much work. Um, but that that's just you know kind of the start of it. Well, and that's what I was going to ask. I was like, if you had to choose between the two, which one would you, which would, would you go for first? Would it be title? Would it be mortgage? You know, if I was still in production, mm -hmm. probably title because it's, okay. it's a lot easier um, okay. to do that. Now it's not anywhere close as lucrative. So if you're transitioning out of production, then you might want to look more towards the mortgage because you'll have time to build it up because like what, we recruit LOs like crazy. Like just this week, I've hired three. So that's kind of the same concept with the brokerage. We're hiring every month. You know, we're, we're bringing in, same with LOs. We want to grow that so they can go out and get business outside of us. Mm -hmm. You know, so now I leverage off the brokerage. Now I'm leveraging the mortgage company to go get other agents from other companies then to bring over. So it's also attracting agents from that. Okay. This is, this brought up another thought, right? Just out of the blue here. All right. So you've started building this mortgage company out. I know we're going back to mortgage here, but it's an important question. I feel so those loan officers, they're going out there and now they're doing business outside of your original organization. Are they still offering the same marketing agreements or is that, is that an exclusive thing for people inside your world? No, we will. It, it's it's okay. going to be a little bit different though probably a little bit more transaction before we'll do that. But one thing unique, how we kind of got this going is we would generate leads for the LO to go pass out to another agent, another company. Hey, I got, I got some of these leads. Are you interested in taking them? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll take them. All right, great. Boom. They build that relationship. So as we keep giving, they keep giving them leads, the marketing agreement doesn't come up as much. That kind of facilitates mm -hmm. it. Um, now, if they start doing, you know, heavy hitter, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go and do that. But we try to keep it as much because you can get burned going with someone outside of it because, you know, you yeah. have to do a contract. You can't just pay per transaction. So it's a risk. But we found with using, utilizing different lead sources that then the agents passing it out. It's been it's been huge because I was thinking back in the day, I was like, dang, I wish the loan officer was giving me leads. Right. Like, <laughs> like I mean, so that's when we were like, well, what if we set it up that way? So. Uh, it's really done done well. And like I said, it's also spins off us recruiting them to come to first class. Okay. Saying, hey, look, we can get you market agreement right now and leads or whatever, whatever the case may be. You know, yeah. we'll kind of use it to leverage. But um, that that was the whole process of it is kind of like when you recruit an agent, if you provide them leads, you also teach them to go get their own business. It's yeah. the exact same concept with these LOs. Yeah. They'll, they'll come on. We teach them how to go out and attack other agents. Wow. Well, okay. So a, a little more with title. Um, let's talk about the setup as, as far as that process. Let's move back there. Um, tell us about that process from like in the very beginning. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a little bit easier to get set up because like I said, that, that, that partnership with that attorney, they really have to do everything. They got to go get the insurance with Fidelity, Stuart title, whoever you kind of set up with. So all that part's done. Then once it's kind of settled, it's really just up to that broker to push that production. Um, and as long as they can, they can do that. So even if they are still producing, it's huge because they can obviously push their deals there. So the only difference is, is when we talked about attorney, not attorney states. So Florida is a little bit unique because the, the seller, the listing agent picks the attorney there. It's in the contract or the seller pays it. So 
you really have to make sure that you're leveraging with some heavy listing agents to push it. Georgia, even though it's attorney state, any agent can kind of pick that. So we got our agents now where they're pushing to have them because they build that relation. They feel like it's, Hey, this is my, my closed turn. I can do this and they'll take care of it and pay it close, whatever it is. So it, it's an easier thing to kind of get going because you don't need, you need a good amount of transactions. Don't get me wrong. Typically mm -hmm. it's like six to seven deals a month to where it's profitable. Um, and, and that's where though to, to really kind of, in mortgage, you can do two deals and you're still making good money. Yeah. But the, the title is so much easier to kind of spread out to everyone. Yeah. Okay. Cash deals that matter, whatever it is. Refis, boom. You know, you can kind of you still use the title. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I, I think that gives us an introduction to it. And I and I think this has been a a a topic that I've been hearing a lot of lately is how do you create additional revenue streams inside of your brokerage once you're established? And and you've done a great job of this because you've come far fast, right? It's been about two years that you've really started this journey, correct? Yeah, sure was. Okay. You know, and, and the most pivotal moment was getting out of production. Yeah. That's that's what kind of allowed me to see to see the bigger picture and attack it. It's hard to attack things like this when you're producing, running a brokerage, uh, and so forth. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love the quote um, that you said when we were having a conversation. I'm going to pull it up here and it says, you can have growth or you can have control, but you can't have both. See, my coach says this to me regularly yeah. because I'll be trying to micromanage or something. He's like, man, which one do you want? You want growth yeah. or you want control? I was like, I want both. He's like, can't have it. So I, I've really learned to do that. And, and like I said, getting out of production, giving up that control of all that for the growth is it's very difficult. It, really getting out of production is probably the hardest thing an agent goes through. Mm -hmm. um, and because they're giving up so much, they're, they're all past clients. Really, it's, it goes on and on. But once you kind of grasp that, it's it's really how far do you want to go? You know, yeah. how, how it is. So I always love that quote because every time I start to micromanage again, I got to check myself and feel good. Yeah. Well, I, I love that quote and it reminds me of the whole quadrant, right? ESBI. And I know I, I, I agree with you that moving out of production, we live in that S quadrant for so long and we try to move over to B. And sometimes like once we're in B and we have struggles, it's like, well, I'll just go back to S. And it's like, no, I got to stay over here. I got to stay over here. It is so easy to um, go back. You yeah. know, it, it, it's just it's, it's, it's a challenge. But yeah. it's, it's something that has to be done for growth. Well, uh, all right. So everybody, today we've been talking to Charles Benton with First Class Real Estate, and we've been talking about how to leverage your brokerage to create additional revenue streams. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for coming and sharing your knowledge about this about this topic and, and helping start the journey with somebody who's looking to do some kind of ancillary business or, or joint venture like this. So um, how, can that, how can people connect with you? Yeah, they can hit me up on Facebook, LinkedIn uh, is the best way we'll connect. Uh, if you want to go over stuff, absolutely. I Trust me, I, I, I know the, the pitfalls and, and the things to look out for. So I love just trying to explain my experiences and, and what could work. But uh, I've kind of tried, tried it all and, and done that. So yeah. just hit me up there and, and we can set up a screen share, call, whatever, and uh, kind of let you know what the things I messed up on. All right. Sounds good. Learn from somebody else's experience. Exactly. So. All right. Well, this is good stuff. Well, uh, uh, I'm going to drop the show notes, like in the show notes, I'm going to put some contact information, like your Facebook and everything. So if it, anybody wants to connect with you, uh, check the show notes and uh, we can go from there. So Charles, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks appreciate so much. You. I appreciate it.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the channel. For more information, tools, and resources, go to www.brokertobrokerpodcast.com. And always remember, be you and be real. We'll see you on the next episode.